What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Um, you know, a lot of people underestimate the cash needs for a small freight broker. Oh, man. Because, you know, they say, oh, you know, you get paid in 30 and you pay your truckers in 30. But no, you get paid in That's where Fritz came in. 60. So for the carriers that are listening, get a carrier sales rep at every big broker that's out there. Get one throat to choke. Get a carrier sales rep. Because guess what? Every time you get booked, they get something out of it, too. So they're going to take care of you. Turn my mic up. Where you? Take there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Hustle fam, hustle fam. We are back with another amazing episode. And I am here, alive on location, with two of the goats. You guys know what the goats are? Oh, yeah. Greatest of all time, right? We are here at OTR Capital with two of the founders, CEO, president, all that good stuff we have here to my left, Mr. Kevin Nolan and Mr. Fritz Owens. Good morning, guys. How are you? Morning. Morning. Thank you for coming in. Well, listen, first of all, thank you for having me. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. Um, I look forward to having a great conversation and learning more about you guys. I've been looking forward to this interview and we're going to have some fun. You guys are ready to have some fun? Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Listen, I, I just so you know, I plan on interrogating you guys fun a little bit. You know, fun is us. So I, I was told that I can interrogate you guys a little bit, and you guys are going to give me some straight answers. So is that is that is that true? Maybe. <laughs> Bro, I'm a freight broker, so I'll give you freight broker straight answers, freight right? Broker straight, all right. The truck's only two hours away, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so check it out. So we're, we're, we're going to start here. You you guys are cousins, right? You guys are, are yep. family. Second cousins. So, Second cousins. So, so this business. Owens and Onions. We used to play football against each other in uh, college at the holidays. Which was oh, not man. fair because this guy actually played football in college. Okay. Right? But I am 6'5". Okay. So, so you had the height advantage. You yeah, had to reach. Fritz, yeah. Fritz would get the you know the fade in the corner all the time. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So you said Owens and Onions? What's that? Yeah. Is that like a little joke? Is that like an inside? Yeah, so my mom's one of eight, and they have five sisters. And so – the men in the family are all Owens, and so the in-laws are the onions. <laughs> I like that. So it's the onions' opportunity to you know take out a little frust- family frustration. Right. right so the game. Right. Is so Owens. my dad's in the corner, being like, "All right, man, let's get him." Your uncle over there, he said some <laughs> stuff to me one time. Go get him. Right. right, right. <laughs> Go knock him down. Go knock him down. All right. So when you guys were younger, who who was the one beating up who? Man, who's the who's the cousin taking advantage we, of the other one? We really just ran into each other during the football games. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, because Kevin's down here in Georgia, okay. and I was growing up in the Northeast. So we just had a few times where we got together. and really wasn't until after college, after school, where, you know, we started kind of a steady dialogue with each other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got you. All right. So you guys have built m- multiple amazing businesses, right, that consists of Nolan Transportation Group, right? You've built uh, OTR Capital, uh, Marquee Insurance, 
Just a huge conglomerate. I'm sure there's more that we could probably name underneath that umbrella. And if not, there, there's probably some more coming, right? Some ideas. Right. So, some some ideas working out. Some that, are, that are working and brewing. So, you know, what I really want to do is just kind of understand, like, you know, how the inception of these businesses, how this came about, and just kind of bring us to date. So to do that, obviously, we always have to start with the backstory and, and kind of figure out, you know, how things were coming up. So I want to start with you, Kevin, a little bit of your backstory for the audience who don't know kind of where you came from and, and a little bit of your history. Yeah, so I grew up in Marietta, Georgia. Uh, sports com- competition, always huge in my life. Uh, was fortunate to get a college scholarship to play football at Presbyterian College. They're now non-scholarship and got a crazy coach. Uh, read about it. It's pretty cool. Could have um, gone to some bigger schools, but the word on the street was he has little kind of T-Rex arms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little short, but listen. It's getting started already. We'll, so we'll get, started we'll, already. We'll, get to, we'll get to that. Yeah. I do have short arms. Thank you. Appreciate it. Short arms and deep pockets. Owen's Onions game outside <laughs> right after now. this right away. See? Right, right, right. Let's take <laughs> it to the field. <laughs> These Owens are a little, you know, they're Connecticut. They got a little... They got a little pompous to them, yeah. right? right? Which is good. We, we like that. That's why. All right, back to the story. So, C.H. Uh, Robinson yeah. loves recruiting young men and women out of college that played sports, social, everything else. So, I went and uh, worked for C.H. Robinson, fell in love with the industry, uh, got married early, had a child early, and C.H. Robinson at that point had gone public. Um, they were Eden Prairie, Minnesota. I love Atlanta. So if I was going to climb the ladder there, I was going to have to move to Eden Prairie. And so, um, was getting my MBA at night, modeled a freight brokerage and said, let's do this. You know, and there wasn't a lot of competition. See, freight brokerage is younger than I am. 1980 deregulation. So at the time I just saw an incredible opportunity to get into a booming, growing industry and, you know, I was one of the best. I feel it at C.H. Robinson. I know it. I've been told it. And if I could be the best at the best, why not go do our own thing? Right, right. And then as I started hiring and getting great people, Fritz and I were still hanging out. We were going hunting some. And uh, I told him, I said, man, I'm on to something. I need you. I was going to visit customers in New York, okay. where you guys are from. Okay. And uh, we were in... Uh, where we in Jordan's uh, restaurant? Yeah, we were in Grand Central Station okay. in New York. Right. We sat down. I met him after work, and he's in town to see customers and tell tell me about the business and how much it's growing, and you know how it's just a, a hustle game, right? And that's why I love your the name of your business, okay. and because because it really is. And he's like, you know, we have a chance to compete against the biggest and the best in this industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, just need a couple, you know, more of the right people to to come in and help me out and. Uh, I know how to win business and, uh, you know, are you interested? And I'm uh, also messy as hell. Okay. Right. Like I create like, you know, let's have a huge party. Okay. <laughs> but who, who, what are we going to feed the people right. who with the music? I don't care. Let's just have a huge party. So having, you know, a team behind me and having partners, you know, Fritz wrote a check into my businesses to become my partner in these businesses. Okay. Um, and then we, you know, everything else, he wrote personal checks to invest with me. But what his first job was, I said, Fritz, these factoring companies don't like us at the brokerage. We're paying slow, right? Cause I'm growing like crazy and, you know, paying in 45 days in all other industries and everything you read is like normal. Bigger shippers will stretch at 60, 90, 120. And I was paying them, but that doesn't work because the brokers, 
you know, they have to pay the factors fast because the factors do more than just give money. They're like the back office. And some so, are, if you, if you do it right, you're the back right. office. Some, right. But you can, you know, you guide which brokers to use, which ones don't. And, you know, we knew the market well, and I noticed how many people we were paying to, to that were our carriers to factors. But the factors, when we would call or verify, get questions, they didn't have great service. But Fritz then, you know, saw how powerful factoring companies are. You know, OTR is actually one of the, their carrier base is, is, is bigger than any asset based carrier out there. Right. And so that's very, very large group of people that are getting bad service. Right. A broker, the broker carrier relationship is so funny because it's like, one point the broker's, you know, winning or the carrier's winning or whatever. And that's not true. You're both just participants in a market. Rates are kind of rates. So be nice to people. <laughs> right? Like you and and the and the, the trucker gets kicked. But there the are whole times way where the broker needs a carrier more, right? And then there are times oh, right where now, the carrier right has now, more power right now, right the, now the carrier the is in is in an amazing position, yeah. right? And rates are raising because of that. But it's the supply and demand market. And so, again, with it being a young industry and seeing the talent that was coming to the industry and money coming in and more and more money keeps coming in, I was like, Fritz, you got to get in the game with yeah. me on it. And so he came full board, moved his family down. and um, It took uh, one day, I think, of really hard thought of – you know, I've never really thought of this uh, trucking logistics industry, right? I'm trying to kind of make a name for myself in the New York finance scene and, uh, you know, working hard at it. And, you know, part of me was 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 saying, man, Kevin is super passionate and he's talking about competing against, you know, the big players. And, and I believe him and I want to be part of this passion and this energy. And the other half was like, man, trucking, like, you know, it's not something that most people kind of grow up and say they want to get in. But I have to say, like, after a couple months, I was hooked. And I think a lot of people in this industry feel the same way. Oh, once trucking's in your blood, you're in trucking forever. Yeah. That's One right. One way or another. Yeah. That's right. You know, and it's, it's fun. Every day's different. Every day's different. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see so many uh, people, you know, the trend over 10, 20 years has been people leaving the large asset-based carriers, learning the business through them, and then starting their own operation. And like the last two years, you've really seen that, um, you know, pick up as, you know, the market has gotten so favorable for the small guy, right? I'd much rather, um, you know, do this myself and make more of the economics myself rather than make the the rate per mile with with the large guy. But you can tell that they have the passion for it and they love the game and they love figuring it out. And I think that's really cool about your program. You're trying to teach everybody, um, you know, all the tricks of the trade. For sure. So it's, so it's awesome. A hundred percent. So take me back to that time. First of all, let's date it. What year was that when you work, started working with C.H. Robinson? So 99, 2000. So my, I, I got the job the fall going into May, but I would go into the office and work 90. So yeah, right at the turn of the century. Got you. Yeah. So, so 2000 and how long were you there? Was there three, three years? About three years. Okay. So what was the, what was the landscape of freight at that time? Just, just, just give us an idea what things kind no, of look no like. No smartphones, I can tell you. Well, that. okay. So the industry is fragmenting, yeah. right? Everyone talks about it being fragmented, but it's fragmenting. Right. So you didn't have as many carriers 
in every state, right? You know, like at NTG in Georgia, I think we work with 9,000 different carriers that we've given a load to. Okay. Back then, I would say it was probably 3,000. So more and more carriers. So I think there were larger carriers because, again, rates were rates before deregulation. So there wasn't a lot of competitive advantage to to being smaller and you didn't have brokers, as many brokers. So at the time, I think CH was the only broker over a billion. Now I think there's 11 of us. Okay. Right. So um, you had some spinoffs of CH that were starting. Uh, but yeah, it was not as competitive as it is now uh, by, by any means. Um, talent was not, I mean, the talent was good. There was great talent, but the great talent shined above the rest kind of. Got now it. there's a, ama- like, you know, logistics is hot. Freight is amazing. It's on every channel, every, you know, every newspaper supply chain. This Christmas is going to be weird. Yeah. Right. And people are going to see the importance of trucking. So way different. When you say when you say talent, what what, what makes a talented broker? Because that's interesting. You said the talent. It's a people business. As much as we're all spending on technology and as much as we're pushing at the end of the day, there will be problems in logistics. Probably every day there will be scheduling. There will be conflicts. There will be equipment that might be needed. There will be all kinds of conversations that have to happen. So first and foremost, relationship person and uh you know competitive we post our numbers every day there's no hiding Mm. you know and so uh competitive and then uh able to solve problems again going back to not only being able to have a conversation but then when something goes down like how are we going to fix this fast right because that load of carpet if it doesn't get there on time you feel like the world's going to (laughs) explode Yeah. Right. And don't say to the person, it's just a load of carpet. I did <laughs> right. that once. Because that's everything. To right. Person, right. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you definitely learn about that being part of a small company. Right. Right. Every relationship means so much. Right. And if you don't communicate well or if you hide a problem that happened, you know, it costs you like you, you lose that relationship. So I think that it's nice to make some of those mistakes early on that when you get bigger, you, you know how to really handle them. Got you. So, so after that th- three, you said three or four year tenure, right? At CH? Yeah. Well, not four. Three yeah, year, yeah, three yeah, year, three yeah. year tenure. Three-ish. Three, three-ish. <laughs> what, what, aside from just your own drive and ambition, what lets you know that not only that you were ready to, to move on and that you wanted to move on and start your own thing, but that you were capable of doing it. What, what, what lets you know that that would be something that you'd be. I'd won salesman of the quarter sales. You know, I was top sales in Atlanta. I was involved in hiring and training. Um, We are here live at OTR solutions HQ. I'm here with my partner, Jonathan, man, listen, factoring is an integral part of the transportation industry. Why is factoring important? Absolutely. Ramel in this economy, in this market, cash flow is king. Cash flow is the key to growth. If you have a young trucking company or if you've been in the industry for years and you want to take that business to the next level, we're absolutely a company that can help. So I hope you'll give us a call today. Let us know what we can do to help you out. Get the rest and roll with the best. Let's go. I loved the floor. I loved uh, winning a load. I loved booking it. I loved... I just loved it. How many times do you see? So he talks about short arms. No, no, he talks about short arms for, but 
I knew that I was great at it. And so, you know, you were great at things. I thought I was a great football player when I was younger. Yeah. Right. But when I saw real size, real athletes, okay, that wasn't for me. But when I got in the the game of broker and freight, it's like, man, I, I, I'm in the end. I, I, I'm one of the best. Right. Right. I'm one of the best. So you you know it's for you. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Got you. So, so you get started. So you just cold Turkey, get up and leave CH. Is that how that happens? What's the transition like? So I actually kind of want to get out of it. I think, you know, once the trucking's in your blood, it's in it. Right. You know, um, at that time, trucking and freight brokerage was not as cool as it is now. And you didn't make as much money. So I, you know, I I was married. I had a a beautiful daughter who came on and I wanted to make money. And so I saw people making money faster and selling insurance, financial services. Uh, But I had a non-compete too. So if I wanted to get back in the freight game, you know, I had to to honor that. And so, uh, you know, I ended up knowing some guys that I played uh, ball with in college and people that I tried to sell financial services to that worked at Waffle House. Okay. Um, in their corporate management program, and the pay was pretty good. And I love Waffle House. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? I mean, great, game, great you know, question. it's a great organization. People don't realize that it's yellow and black because okay. of Georgia Tech. Like they get you know, amazing grads from Georgia Tech that run that place. Waffle House is one of the most well-run businesses. I mean, it's small. The staff is all the same. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's a high turnover gig, right? And so as a manager, you always have to be hired. So I learned a lot at Waffle House. Okay. Waffle House was cool. If you but, want to go to Waffle House with Kevin, you'll learn a lot too. He knows all the tricks of the trade. Point out things like, secret. hey, that's the fryer, yeah. that's this, and this is. Food's good. It turns fast. The commissary's small, and it's always yeah. crowded. So the food's always fresh. They do have a great system in place, obviously, oh, and man. to be able to scale They're that smart, level. and I learned a ton. So C.H. Robinson and Waffle House. Is a great recipe. I mean, okay. it really is. Top waffle winner right here. He so I was in second, but the guy who actually won it failed his drug test. So they, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the top waffle? What is that? Oh, so you go to you go to training in Norcross. So it's here in Atlanta, and okay. you know that's one of the reasons that how we created some of our training program. You stay there okay. for a week, and you learn the best practices and hiring and cooking and then you take tests and then at the end of the week they give you your grades okay but you got to take a drug test too a hair drug test got you right and that like shocked a lot of people but again i was a young father and you know whatever else so uh i passed the drug test and and got the top (laughs) waffle waffle. but that dude that guy was awesome that that was in front of me it was kind of a shame wow uh, wow. you got to find him today and, and give him that top waffle back man he may he may need it Shoot, they probably hired them back with the shortage right now. They should. Uh, right? Well, we need people everywhere. No. But you're handling a ton of cash. So I understood the drug aspect of it yeah. because Waffle House was all cash. I used to go into corporate and be like, man, it drives me crazy. I'm watching these young kids that are coming in. They got 20 bucks and they're figuring out how to only spend that 20 the best possible. Right. Like open up for them to be able to spend. Right. Let's put an ATM in or whatever. But no, you pay... They paid all their vendors in cash. So that's enough about Waffle. Nah, we could, we, could, we, could we could definitely move on from Waffle House, but that's that's an interesting story. How long did you stay there, just by the way, just so I could? Through all the holidays. I was there for like a year-ish or so. Okay. 
I mean, you know, I, once my non-compete was up, I was ready to I was Waiting like, out the non-compete for the most part, right? There are still some guys running around here that run around the office that um, knew Kevin at the time and, and uh, would come in and place really complicated orders just to make him sweat, <laughs> you know, at midnight yeah. at Waffle House. Wow, wow. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. So, But I was an agent, you know, uh, after that for a while because I'd been out of the game, so I needed to get, you know – Back into the game and, you know, told the gentleman that, that took me on as an agent, Donnelly National, Tom Donnelly, that like, hey, man, up in Camden, okay. uh, by you guys. New and, shout to New Jersey, Camden, yeah, New Jersey. You know, that, hey, I'm going to start up and one day go out on my own. He was totally he said, let's make some money together while we can. And, uh, we're able to put in a lot of systems and cool stuff. Nice. So you were fully transparent with him. You didn't, you didn't know what your plans were. You got with us. Bro, I'd worked at the Waffle House. I right, wasn't right, going back to the right, Waffle right, House right. when I knew that I was in the NFL of brokering freight. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. Cool. All right. So let, let's let's keep the story going. So now this is kind of when Fritz comes into play, right? Because when you see, almost, yeah. almost, we're, we're getting yeah. there. All right. So you 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 work with Donnelly. You said it's Donnelly. Donnelly National. Donnelly National. How long are you with them? Two, two years. years. Two years. Obviously, things go well, right? Great. We're you going guys make like a lot crazy. of money together. You guys do good. Help a lot of people. Add a lot of value to the industry. I'm assuming. I mean, we were we were we were doing what we had to to get freight. I mean, I would tell you that we were we were taking tough loads that were highly competitive, not making great. Mo- I mean, we yeah, we learned the game. I mean, we, yeah. we. But I got. I mean, my core, all those guys, men and women, are still here. Right. Right. And so we were. We were learning the business, but then you get hit when we go 2007 to our own MC with the recession, the housing bubble, everything else. So then, you know, freight was not like it is now or other times. And so, and also we had a limited amount of cash and a limited amount of capital to grow. So for those next four years, it was like building the base and getting our computer system together the way we needed coming from CH. Like I needed a good system for sure. You you knew what you needed. Yeah, but the off the shelf products were not as good. Right, right. right. Now you've got good off the shelf stuff. Yeah, right? so you so had to build, build something pretty much, right? My neighbor across the streets working at Smithfield Foods in their technology group, and I talk freight a lot. And so he's like, "I think I can help you build something." Wow. And I was like, ten minutes later, I was like, "You really think you can help me build something?" <laughs> because. You know, again, but what was out there was built by freight brokers. But now, again, with the money coming back in and and the the TMSs that are there. I think he was early thinking about, you know, we want to be in control of our own data and our own system. And as we grow, we want to be able to change the system to meet our needs. Right. And not just be uh, beholden to another company and the changes they make. So I think he was early thinking about that. And I also think. Um, you know, a lot of people underestimate the cash needs for a small freight broker. Oh man. Because, you know, they say, Oh, you know, you get paid in 30 and you pay your truckers in 30, but no, you get paid in that's where Fritz came in. 60. So smaller freight brokers. I mean, they have a really hard time just so like constraints to growth trucker. in a fragmented industry is capital, right. money, receivables. You got a great asset in a receivable, but you also might only know your local bank. So I'd go into, and by the way, my local bank was incredible to me in the beginning, but I needed a bigger line, right? Every broker I brought on brought on more and more revenue, but meant more costs. And so I, that was not my game. You have to say like, hey, CH Robinson, I didn't learn that. I didn't learn that, 
right? I learned how to get freight. I learned how to cover it. I learned how to keep the customer Never happy. Never had to and, worry about the money aspect of it. Right. right. Never in my life. And but so here. I'm doing that and I'm doing all the 401k. Yeah. Like I'd have to put the money in for the 401k and all this and stuff. It was, so it was, it was taking away from winning business. And then Fritz, I knew I was just, I just knew that his skill set, his people skills, you know, when we were younger, the party, everyone knew where Fritz was, right. right? Everyone knew about Fritz going to Georgetown. Everyone knew all this cool stuff. I wanted Fritz. <laughs> right, right, right. right? I appreciate it. So, so you, you, you just kind of, because did you guys have like a, a ongoing relationship at that time, aside from like kind of seeing each other every now and again? Yeah, yeah, it started growing. So now it started yeah. growing As we became bit. professionals. Got you. So now you guys start talking. He's telling you about what he's doing. Yeah. You're, he's telling you about what he's doing. You he's getting his CFA, right, which okay. is very tough to get. Okay. Right? He's covering stocks. You know, we're, we're now at the party, right? It's not these awkward teens that don't really know how to talk to each other. You know, we've. Right. Good rapport, learning things from each other. I mean, I was covering the uh, casino industry. And I like to research. gamble. So. <laughs> and uh, he, I mean, he had a great, you know, perspective on life, I think, being yeah. like in kind of real world and not just in Manhattan, right? And I think he caught like the Vegas recession in 2007 and eight way before most people in New York did because he saw what's going on in, in the real world, right? Right. right. So hey. in supply chain. So he knows it's happened before. Yeah. yeah. And the people are getting three houses that, that you know, are making, you know, $60,000 a year. And say, like, how can they afford three houses and um you know and turns out there's a huge mortgage crisis that came up about a year later so um you know we had really great conversations and i think in uh 2010 is when he came to new york to have that you know uh, customer visit and we decided to to make it official and have me move down and bring the family down to to atlanta Okay, cool. So he brings this opportunity to you. Obviously, like you said earlier, it's an entirely new space, right? Yeah. It's trucking. It's not, it's tr- trucking has finance involved, but it's not yeah. finance world, yeah. right? You have different type of individuals, different type of players, right? So just kind of transitioning into that and getting into the trucking space, like what did you have to do to kind of understand like what you were getting into? I mean, I kind of just dove in and, and he carried his up. desk in that we went and bought at a used <laughs> uh, like desk shop. Is when he blew his back out, came home to his was, wife. Yeah, day true three. story. Right. I mean, just jump in. <laughs> you got to jump in. I mean, it's very different working for you know a a investment bank that has tens or hundreds of thousands of employees versus a small freight brokerage or small startup company anywhere in the U.S., right? Where you, you know, if someone within this building, one of these 20 people doesn't make something happen, it doesn't happen. For sure. Right. I mean, so uh, it gives you the sense of like, you need to make an impact here if you want this to work. And that's what I love from Kevin. It was kind of like the harder we work, the better this is going to be. Like we have a chance to build something special. I was like ready for the challenge. And I knew he was. And uh Someone you just want to work with. So you you left your job, cold turkey. Yep. Just got up and said, "All right, I'm gonna go for it." Yeah. How, yeah. How, what emotions did you go through? Well, doing no, that? he came down. He came to the Christmas party, okay. right? And he came. Oh, he sniffed. He didn't. I mean, he sniffed hard. Right. For, right? for he know, was like, "Let days. me see your financials." It's like Fritz. I don't have financials, <laughs> right? I I know yeah, I have cash flow. I know what comes in, what I can have go out. And I don't, you know, get crazy or whatever else. So I, I mean, we can, you know, we can. I had financials, but they weren't like they were not what they needed to be. Okay. So to say, you would not want to. He had them a great a foundation of a business, though, right? And worst case, 
I mean, I'm moving my family, right? I had a newborn son and uh, moving them to Atlanta out of New York City, where in New York City, when you have a family, a lot of people say, what do I do next, right? Like, am I moving out to the suburbs and commuting in? You know, how do I find green space and a garage and all these things, right? So uh, to me, it's like worst case scenario. Now I've moved to Atlanta. There's still a, a good finance industry here. Uh, best case scenario, we, we grow this thing into a really special company and, and help a lot of, uh, a lot of people and a lot of families. And here we are. We have a lot of people working for us, a lot of clients that I think we provide really good service to. So it's, it's worked awesome. For sure. So when you first, when you first come into the business, what role are you playing? Finance role. Okay. CFO. CFO. Yeah. So really working with CFA. CFA, Or chest of cash. We had the speech down to, you know, as a growing broker, these factoring companies were like, whoa, how are your receivables growing so much with us? I'm like, well, I just hired 30 people in the last, you know, year. You know, this is later on as we start doing these hiring classes and start bringing on more and more and more, right? You know, Fritz understands and, you know, knows the way that a finance business thinks and works. He studied them. Right. It's what a casino is. Right. Right. And but so, also learn those relationships. Right. And you figured out right. pretty quick, like like Kevin said, that factoring companies, um, you know, really control the market for trucks because they have so many clients. So, you know, out of our payables department, probably factoring companies made up the top 15 payees that we had at NTG at the time right. because they work with hundreds. And those of carriers were of, growing. Yeah. Those carriers were growing because they didn't have to worry about the back office aspect. And I also looked at if someone factored with one of the bigger factoring companies, they got vetted pretty hard because they're getting given cash faster than it delivers. So as a broker, I liked that. And also I would send all my checks to one place in a bigger batch. So that makes my back office easier on me as a broker. Yeah. Right. And so, Started to get to know the factoring companies well and, and what they looked for. And, you know, we made good relationships with them that allowed us to keep growing as, as a broker. But then on the flip side, we also, you know, heard a lot from our carrier base about what else they would like to see from their factoring partners. Right. So that's where, you know, Kevin and I always kind of had a thought of maybe getting into the factoring space, but it became very clear to me that, um, you know, there was a lot of demand for something that wasn't being offered. So, mm. you know, within a year we, we started OTR. So you started OTR. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's go back just a little bit. When you come in, in that role of CFO coming into this business, cash intensive business, because you're a numbers guy, right? So automatically you start looking at the books. How do you begin to trim the fat? What are the things that you see automatically that stand out as red flags? Can you talk about that when you first entered the business? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there was, you know, too much fat, right? We were just trying to grow the business. It was just a matter of, you know, how to be smart about what clients, what customers you work with. And, um, you know, we actually fired some customers that were taking right. too much time. Right. So the margin, you know, Fritz would, you, you know, says, look, this guy pays us in 120 days, right? Pays us in 120 They're, days. Your margin is lower. It's this is not good business. And, and you're spending all weekend tracking, tracing. This doesn't justify. Let's go to other channel. There's so much freight is an ocean. There is so much business out there. Right. So 
So losing that one guy that pays you in 120 days and using your resources to now focus on people that that pay you in 30 days, right? So we started looking at a lot more, you know, credit information. There's a lot of credit credit information out there in trucking and seeing, um, you know, you could tell who was larger shippers, the ones we were working with and who paid faster. And so we basically tried to incentivize all of our brokers to work more with those guys and kind of give up the relationship with the people that are, you know, paying slower and later. and Or the amount of claims, yeah. right? Just the headache freight, right? You don't, you don't need, there is, but the shipping departments in America are getting better and better, better as well. Right. You know, if you're a manufacturer and you make something cool and people want to buy it, you necessarily aren't a great logistics department. So you hire people and you're like, Oh, you're in logistics, you're in transportation. But now more and more shippers are getting people from logistics in their departments and they're getting smarter. Technology is getting better. Yep. They're using managed trans systems. They're, you know, they're negotiating rates quarterly now instead of annually. They're, you know, just the industry is changing by the day. It's awesome to see. I mean, it's awesome. It's so different. It is so different. Got you. Okay, so you you guys start OTR. So at, at this point, what is the size of uh, Nolan Transportation Group? And we probably had twenty five or thirty people when I joined, and maybe up to forty when the when OTR got started, and uh, probably, so probably forty million in revenue. Yeah, yeah, about forty million in revenue. Okay, so you guys start this this factoring company now. Obviously, new business, right? New venture. What do you guys? What are you thinking about? How are you guys going to stand Cash. out? What are you going to do differently? First, it was you know how do we find the the money because every time you bring on a client. Right. You're advancing them the money. So it's a very cash. And I'm hiring salespeople. No, but we're hiring salespeople that are growing fast. So Fritz now, you know, he's got his people to call that will give us money like this, but it's expensive. But it can't, you know, so that's, that's, that's what we do. At one point, OTR had 44 different investors in it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we spent the first year really kind of meeting with everyone we knew in town and telling them about the business and the opportunity. And, and uh, we had to move money. if it failed. Like 100%. <laughs> I'm out. I grew up in this town. It's everyone I know, right. family, yep. everyone. I mean, that's how much I believe. Yeah. Right. And it, that takes a crazy amount of you know, faith. faith. Right. So we're moving if it fails, is yeah. basically the But story. also made us really moving. disciplined from day one at OTR. Right. Like we needed to make sure we had a very lean operation that we made money because otherwise there's no way we could keep raising money at the time. You know, it's like we were not talking to large San Francisco VC funds for and trying to raise 20 million at a time. We're asking for hundred thousand dollars at a time from, you know, a friend of a friend in Atlanta. Right. right? And uh, in order to get another hundred thousand when we needed it, we need to show them that we were spending it wisely and growing the business and, and making money. So got you. Now, do you start hiring people right away for OTR? Yep. Dedicated folks right away at OTR, a few people that had Grace, experience. Grace, so Grace, yeah. who is awesome and incredible at OTR. And okay. so she was our my first recruiter at NTG. Okay. But she was afraid of flying. <laughs> really? And I was like, well, dude, we're opening up offices everywhere. You're going to have to be on college campuses or whatever. She was like, well, I heard about this OTR thing y'all are doing. That I was like, all right, you're at OTR. It worked perfect. <laughs> Her fear of flying has definitely helped OTR oh, wow. a lot. Because otherwise, she'd be the head recruiter at NTG. She's still afraid of flying or has she gotten over no, it? No. She's, oh, no. She's gotten over <laughs> it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got you. So so how many employees did you guys start with at, o- at uh, OTR? 
about three, yeah. three to five. I mean, yeah. Okay, so one crossover between the two businesses. Between the two businesses, but then we separated them immediately. Okay, so one thing that I definitely notice about your your business and your businesses is the culture. Yeah. Right. It's very strong culture. People love working here. Is that something that you guys implemented through in the very beginning? And if so, how did you? I'll do tell that? you how, you how it happened. People liked working with Kevin. I mean, <laughs> well, it was no, not. Let me let me tell you. I so, don't think it was. So, so I see a business as an entity, right? It has a it has an, a, a government ID number, just like you and I do. It has a social security number. It has a taxpayer ID number. It's a business. It's an entity. And so it needs to be cherished and it needs to be taken care of and it needs to be, it's a child. And, uh, so they go through stages of life like NTG I'm involved in, but not like I was right. That's an adult. Like that thing is like, you know, it's got its MBA, right. You know, OTR, same thing. Right. And so, you know, other businesses we have MIG, the insurance business is now like in high school, right. And so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. Probably right? hard it's to not change a, the culture yeah. when someone's like in the MBA program. Right. But, you know, starting out, you just started that way in the beginning. And I think it started the roots were with Kevin, like I said. And, uh, as it expands, you just kind of keep those same, you know, kind of principles. principles and what, what is the culture here? I mean, I think the culture competitive, but collegial. Yeah. But fun as hell. <laughs> and uh and and work hard, get rewarded for your work, right? And uh work with really good people and try to aim to do you know some things together that other people aren't doing, right? And make a difference in the industry and make an impact on the business and therefore um, you know, make your own life much better and get yourself a lot of opportunities to keep moving up at the company. You know, obviously growth helps a lot, right? Yeah. If you're a growth company, it leaves a lot of opportunity out there on the table. And we've had a lot of, you know, really kind of young people out of college, um, you know, show what they can do very quickly. And we just keep giving them more, more responsibility and yeah. see how much they can handle it. And uh, a lot of people have built really great careers, and it's awesome to watch. Nice. How, how much of an advantage does it give you guys kind of being vertically integrated, having different businesses and different, you know, sectors? Like, how how does that put you? Knowledge. I mean, knowledge is power. And uh, when we work with carriers now, because of our brother or sister next door, you know, we know and we saw and we know what it was like to treat carriers bad, you know? I mean, that's not a good way to work. Like, I'll tell you, for the carriers that are listening, get a carrier sales rep at every big broker that's out there. Google top 50 freight brokers. You probably worked with the majority of them. Get one throat to choke. Get a carrier sales rep. Because guess what? Every time you get booked, they get something out of it too. So they're going to want to take care of you with a claim and whatever else. Right. Carrier sales is very important to this. I, I, that's what I learned at Robinson when we bought American backhaulers. Like, holy smokes, the way that they treated carriers, command, uh, coyote, you know, the Chicago groups, right? They had carrier sales, treat them well. It's not just bingo because you're going to run across them again and again and again. And they'll remember. And guess what? Technology is getting better. Notes are in the system. That jerk in Dallas just screwed over somebody in Chicago three weeks from now. Right. And there's a digital footprint. 
Right. <laughs> somebody knows it. Somebody's noted right. it somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and uh, so it's just cool, man. It's just really, really cool. The, the whole and, and I think everyone sees that how fragmented this industry is. It's like a giant puzzle every day. Right. Right. L- looking back now and, and, you know, coming kind of full circle, what, what are some of like the, the major changes that you see in freight? And, you know, is it better than it was? Is it worse? Like, where is it going? Kind of talk about like what you feel is the, the future of, of, of this industry. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Why? Uh, because better, not better. I shouldn't say the word better. Different things are coming in that make everyone more efficient that uh the playing field is getting more and more equal the phone's dangerous the phone is dangerous right you know tone is in there you can tell everything else like that well less and less of that so rates are becoming more and more and more transparent right so it's like deregulation happens so rates are all over the place Right. And then now they're going to kind of come back and then it's going to be about service. It's going to be about um, scale. Right. Everyone's like, why? Why do you keep growing so much? Why are you hiring? Whatever else. When are you ever going to be happy? I'm like, well, scale matters. So I think in the brokerage side, in about 10 years, you'll have you won't have this long a tail. There's 8000 freight brokers in the U.S. right now, I think. Um, Maybe more, probably more. yeah, on the brokerage side, I think scale definitely matters. On the, on the carrier side, I'm not sure if it matters as much. I mean, I think no, no, with, it doesn't with, matter at all. It's with better. technology now that's come in, and uh, you know, partners that you know, like Kevin said, a carrier sales guy can take on basically your sales function, right? You don't need someone in your office uh, making relationships all across the country. You have a freight broker to do that. You know, right. you don't have to uh, be calling and collecting. No, I'm on saying all right now is a good time to get into the industry. Because rates still are all over the place. Don't get me wrong. It's still young. It's younger. This baby of an industry is younger than I am. Right. I'm just saying that in 10 years, 15 years from now, I think it will be harder because of the money that's coming in. Because like it's it's like now is now is now is very, very important in our industry right now. Do, do you feel like that, that efficiency that you're talking about in tech will like in some ways replace or like take over some, some of the functions that you guys do on an everyday basis? No. No? No. I mean, I, that we're creating those. Te- I mean, we're spending, I mean, Fritz is, you know, he's got a technology team. Fritz is a technology. I mean, OTR is a technology business. Yeah, but so what we do see, though, is when we do – introduce a new technology, right? Just an easier way to, you know, send in your bills or, or check credit. Um, you know, we're able to use our team to do more value added relationship building type of things. Right. So yeah, I do think technology is a huge help and makes us more efficient. Um, you know, I don't think we ever want to re- reduce our team to all technology, no people, because right. I think there's always a place for people and relationship, relationship solving problems that tech can't do. Right. Oh yeah. People are, people are the number one asset, right? It's just people will do different things, right? Again, our people will be able to gain more business, be able to work through problems and other things. Yeah. There are mundane tasks in logistics, right. still very paper heavy. All bill of ladings are pretty much different. Rate cons are different. All people, you know, still fragmented. So that's um, what smartphones are helping with right now that everyone has one, you can, you know, interface with them differently, 
right? And it's learning how the, the best way people want to interface with you, right? right? And it's easiest for them, right? We want to make their lives easier. We want to make our yeah, clients' but, lives but, easier. But, but we would like to do less. I'm sure Fritz would like to do less rate verification check calls and all that. Right. Every broker in America hates getting those calls from factoring companies, right? So that will hopefully get easier and better. Oh yeah, that will get solved. And that's with that's with integrations and the technologies. The you know problem is every freight broker pretty much has their own technology right. of the large ones because they were started before all this better off the shelf stuff comes. But as we solve those issues, we can worry about new issues, right? So now, hey, we make it much easier for them to submit their, their paperwork and get paid. Um, so now let's focus on getting them, uh, helping them find better freight, right? And providing them um, tools to do their business better and make it more efficient and have them save more money. Right? What, what about carriers adapting to technology? Like, is there a disconnect there ever to where the carriers are better now? The small carrier is really good. The small carrier from a technology standpoint is better than a large carrier because they're using technology in their everyday lives and everything else that's not as behind as trucking. Right. Right. The small truckers doing other things during the day besides just trucking for the most part, a lot of them. Right. And so they're they're Especially on the dispatch side, I'm saying, and, and on the booking and finding loads and everything else. So I think I think they're 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 the smaller carriers forcing the the industry to get better because there's enough demand for them to win business. Got you, got you. What's the what's the biggest lesson you guys learned in the time you've been running these companies? If there's one thing that you could do differently that would have maybe impacted today, what would that be? One thing differently. I mean, uh, you know, I, I love what we've done. Everyone's always asked kind of what my favorite thing about the business is. And, uh, I just love watching, you know, kind of people keep making that impact on us and, and on our clients. So I think we're doing a lot of things right and want to keep, keep pushing that. But, um, you know, I think not being, um, content with where we are and always wanting to get better is something that it's a constant improvement. Right. And so it's like, you know, if there's another, if there's no one else to compete with, we can always compete with ourselves and make ourselves better. And we just had, you know, like 30 awesome clients come in and do a focus group with us. And it was awesome picking their brains on what we can do better. So we're going to be working hard in the next, uh, you know, 12, 24 months to put a lot of those things in place. So I'm excited about, you know, all these opportunities we have definitely in the future to keep moving things forward. I love that. How do you stay motivated, Kevin? Oh man, Fritz has seen it in the morning. <laughs> I'm a wreck. Um, much less of a wreck now since I'm behaving way better in life. But uh, I, I wake up every day and say I haven't done anything good yet today. Um, and then also I have I have three daughters and a wife that, you know, demand excellence like I demand excellence in work. Right. So they let me know, that I, you know, the sheriff and her deputies stay on me. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I don't, you know, and, and these young men and women and, and older men, all of us that work together, like seeing these businesses change lives is incredible by their first home. You know, they have children, you know, people are sending their kids to college and they're able to afford it easy because they're making money and we're hitting numbers. It's just cool. So, uh, 
in the same way, uh, having clients have been with us for, you know, five or 10 years saying that they've grown their business from one to 10 trucks. Right. And, uh, that they, yeah, there's a study on that. that. I mean, so truckers that factor grow faster than truckers that don't. Mm. And stay in business. I saw that stat. Stand on that a little bit and why why that's the case? Because I think they get a lot more support rather than just being out there on their own, right? So if you're one person if we trying won't to buy do the everything. Load, you don't want to take that load. Yeah. Right? right. And also, would you rather send 10 invoices to one place or send them to eight different? Because no broker controls more than, you know, CH might have a couple percent. Right. So you're never going to get all your loads from the same broker. That's why you want to have carrier sales reps at all the big brokers. So you're not dealing with thousands of different people in these larger brokers. You got one person to talk. If to. you're getting all your loads from one broker, you're probably not getting the best rate. Right. Right. Consistently. Right. I mean, you know, you have to survey the market a little bit, too. But we also know rates. Right. And we know freight because we see a lot of it. Right. You know. Billions of dollars of spot freight runs through OTR. So if your account rep is good, they will let you know if you're out of bounds or not. Like, bro, you just got ripped off. Yeah. Right. I mean, so that's very important. Right. And, but yeah, but I mean, they have access to capital. That's why they grow. Yeah. Got you. We have a lot of aspiring business people, a lot of aspiring freight brokers who watch this, this show. Uh, if, if they wanted to, they're watching this right now, and one day they want to compete with you guys, what would you tell them? Strap up, man. We're going hard. I mean, you know, we're going to keep growing, uh, but have fun with it. Enjoy the ride. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be really stressful. The market moves up and down a lot. You know, in the 20 years that I've been in the freight industry now, there are ups and downs. And 2019, was a bad year, right? We grew because we grew load count, but like, you you know, you just, you have to, you have to know that the the markets move. Uh, it's volatile. Uh, every day is different and, and have fun. Um, that's the main thing is, is have fun. Keep hustling. Keep hustling. Keep hustling. Yeah. Keep on it's going. It's there. I mean, like Kevin said, it's a very fragmented um, and fragmenting industry. Business is there to be one for brokers, for carriers, for and take care of your people. Everybody. Take care of your people first and foremost. You know, it's not just about you. You know, that's that's you know, I, none of the other businesses I started have my name in it. I, the reason why NTG has my name in it is because I needed a job and I needed something fast to put on my agency form, right, with Donley. So the checks would come to an LLC. So, like, it's not about you. It's about your team, always. Always about your team. And and and, and winning, like, I don't own the majority of NTG. I don't own the majority of OTR. You know, when we did our last NTG deal, 44 people got big checks, right? You know, we just, we, we, you, 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 to attack this ocean that's out there, you need a lot of people holding the net with you, mm. right? It, you know, don't run out with your one fishing pole, yeah. right? And don't be afraid to to not pay yourself a lot. First three years I was in this business, I paid myself 500 bucks a week. Now, I had a wonderful wife who had a great job and had health insurance and other stuff like that. So, 
you know, it, you, you don't get rich fast in this business. It takes time and energy and, uh, just having, you know, having fun and it's part of your life. No, I think it's so important that that people hear that uh, in true truck and hustle fashion. We always have a final thought from our guests. And that final thought could be anything, whether it's financially related, entrepreneurial related, spiritually, wherever you want to go with it. And then lastly, we always let, you know, our guests, you know, let let people know where they can connect with them and kind of learn more about their businesses. So I want to give you guys opportunity to do a final thought. We'll start with you, Fritz. Um, just give the people a, a little jewel. To, to, to walk away with a little jewel. Uh, I guess if you get a chance to, uh, to ever work with Kevin Nolan in your life, you should take it. No, but, <laughs> but honestly, uh, it's a great industry. Um, you know, like, like I said, it's a, it's a work hard industry. And, you know, if you want to succeed, you can here. And, uh, there, there's enough to go around, but, you know, do things the right way. You know, in trucking, you know, a lot of people said it's the wild, wild west. And, you know, there's some bad actors out there. But, you know, if you spend your time focusing on doing things right and uh, not trying to take shortcuts, it's going to it's going to be better in the long run and uh, treat people well. Right. Because you're going to you're going to meet them again in this industry. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a great place to be. So I'm, I'm really happy to be part of it. I love that. Kevin. Thank you. You know, I know that. uh I'm passionate about this. I love it. Uh, but this is so cool. Um, I, I love watching our industry transform. Um, you know, to say that I would be on a podcast that's going to be on social media platforms 10, 15 years ago, I would have never thought of that. Right. So you guys are able to reach many, many people. And the other thing I really want to say is thank you to the men and women that have taken loads from NTG. Uh, in the beginning, I might not have paid you as fast as I do now, right? And then to the brokers that are out there that pay OTR when they, you know, bang down your door or turn you off or whatever else, um, you know, understand that that this cash is not our cash. Like we have investors and returns and things that, that need to happen. And if we do it right, we're all going to be happy. And, uh, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn, Um Kevin Nolan, I love LinkedIn. It's kind of, you know, again, my social. It's like I'm not on Snap or uh, all the stuff. Insta. My daughter Insta yeah. or TikTok right, or whatever. Right, right. I they show me some cool stuff, but like that's my fun areas. LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be putting out more content, I think, in the next year or two about you know um, things to help all the owner operators out there. Um, so they don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? Getting some lessons from some of our current clients on how they um, do things best and how they've been able to grow their businesses. So, you know, check us out, the, the OTR Capital and, and Marquee Insurance Group, MarqueeIG.com, um, social media pages, and, and look for that new content uh, coming out. Nice. Well, this has been amazing, guys. Great conversation. I had a lot of fun. Got to learn a lot about the businesses, about you guys personally. And it's that time, man. You guys know what happens now, right? If you smell something burning, it's only a desire. Truck and Hustle, myself, Kevin, Fritz, we're out. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and Hustle. Let's go.